Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to the Heritage Hour. I'm Mark Gonzalez, your pastoral encourager here in Southwest Florida. We're so delighted to be with you once again on these Saturday mornings, as we've been doing for about 30 years now here in Southwest Florida. But let me just say uh, welcome to some new listeners that we have since our partnership with WAEC Love 860 AM in the greater Atlanta area. Also, for those who may tune in on iHeartRadio Love 860 or TuneIn Radio Love 860 or on the app, I'm told, at Love 860, so, uh, so this message can go, oh, just anywhere around the world now. So I'm just honored to be part of the new team there, and we just welcome all of you uh, joining us as we continue our journey uh, through the Scriptures together, as we've been doing for years, just sitting, uh, sitting at the feet of the Lord gazing into his eyes and letting him speak to us heart to heart. So today uh, we're uh, continuing in a series we began just last week, kind of heading into the Easter season, a focus upon the Lord himself. Last time we talked about how he is our eternal everything and took our journey to the burning bush with Moses. Today we're going to look at the life of Samuel, and we're going to talk about how the Lord is our heart talker. He is our heart talker. And as we get started, as is our custom, oh, let's just go before the Lord and ask him to speak, shall we? Well, Lord, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity you give us to come just to sit at your feet and gaze in your eyes and let you speak to us heart to heart. Today, we're going to focus on that very thing, Lord, how you are our heart talker. And Lord, I pray as we take this journey through the scriptures and as we compare notes and share hearts of our journey uh, with you, that you will just take us deeper and deeper, Lord. I love the scripture that says deep calls to deep, and you do. And so here we are, Lord, ready to hear, ready to receive, ready to do whatever you call us to do. Oh, thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. And we pray this in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ by his precious cleansing and healing, transforming, empowering, and forgiving blood. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, my friends, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be going, first of all, to 1 Samuel 16 to get an overarching theme verse. But then we're going to look at earlier in the life of Samuel when he was a boy in 1 Samuel chapter 3, just to see how the Lord is indeed our heart talker. And by the way, for those of you that are new, um, one of the things that the Lord has uh, just inspired me to do over the years is that when I'm reading through Scripture, I just, I just look for Him. And I come up with these two-word uh, combinations to describe how I see Him. So at the burning bush, we were talking about how He is our eternal everything. And and now we're going to be talking about how he is our heart talker, for example. And uh, and as we go on, you're going to be just hearing me using this little tool that helps me focus on the Lord and not just the scripture. We look through the scripture. We listen through the scripture to get to the heart of God because he is our heart 
talker. And we get the feel for this over in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. And the context is when Samuel was a, was a, a prophet and had been a prophet in Israel for uh, quite some time. And the Lord sends him out uh, and uh, to look for a king. And, uh, and as he's uh, interviewing different candidates, the Lord reminds him of something very, very special. And here's what he says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, in verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God does not see as man sees, since man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know, this is the first of a few big themes we're going to be looking at today. And then I'm going to give you three um, takeaways that uh, I hope will be helpful to you. But the first big theme, obviously, here is that God focuses on the heart. My friend, jot it down in your heart of hearts. The Lord is far more interested in your heart than your hands. Yes, He wants you to obey. Yes, He wants you to bear fruit. Yes, He wants you to share the gospel. But it starts in the heart, because that which flows from the heart, empowered by God, is far more powerful than any effort you can exert, any ambition that you may have. God focuses on the heart. And if we can just be real honest, aren't we notoriously bad about taking care of our hearts? Isn't this why we get so brokenhearted and we stay brokenhearted and Therefore, go through life half-hearted because we don't deal with those things. We don't let God heal us at the heart level. So please understand that when the Lord is wanting to speak to us, to speak uh, to our spirit by His Spirit, another way to put it is that He's speaking to the heart. We listen with ears of the heart, not ears of the head, when it comes to listening for the whispers of God as my daily spots are entitled. So God focuses on the heart. Now, I want to continue the journey uh, in Samuel's life, but we're going to go backwards. We're going to go back to when he was a boy in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And to set this up, beginning in verse 1, to set it up, uh, we know that his mother Hannah had been barren for many years, and she prayed to the Lord, asking that he would open her womb. And uh, and in doing so, she also said, you know, Lord, I know that it is your way for the firstborn to be dedicated unto you. And let me just say that the, the firstborn boy that I have, I will dedicate to you. And the Lord did open her womb, and she did bear a son, and she did uh, raise him up until it was time for him to be weaned. And after he was weaned, those first two chapters of Samuel tell us that she was faithful to her vow to the Lord, and she took Samuel over to the priest Eli and put him under his charge so that Samuel could be raised as a priest and prophet of God. So that's where we are. And uh, we're going to look at uh, how this boy Samuel was growing up uh, under the mentoring of a priest named Eli. And here's what happened in 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, as we get some big themes about how the Lord is our heart talker. The Bible says, Now the boy Samuel 
was attending to the service of the Lord before Eli, and word came from the Lord, uh, and word from the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. Let me pause there for a moment. First of all, I just love how it phrases it here. Samuel was attending to the service of the Lord before Eli, you know, under his watchful eye but attending to the service of the Lord. Oh, my friends, I would rather be a servant in the house of the Lord to serve him, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, rather than being a king in my own little puny kingdom. I love attending to the service of the Lord. I love that. Now, verse 2. But it happened at that time as Eli was lying down in his place, now his eyesight had begun to be poor and he could not see well. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was that the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel said, here I am. And then he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Uh, Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son. Go back and lie down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not know yet, nor uh, did not know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time, and he got up and he went to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you called me. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be that if he calls you, that you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now let me stop there for a moment because we have some some pretty good themes that are coming out here. You know, we talked about how God focuses on the heart. Well, secondly, we're seeing here how God calls out to his own. He is calling out to us. Now, this is a more dramatic way. The scripture here tells us that the word from the Lord was rare in those days and visions were infrequent. And in that kind of speaking, yeah, it was rare. But we're seeing a principle here that the Lord loves to call out to his own, whether it's in this rare form that may have been verbal, a little more demonstrative, but he certainly calls out to his own regularly. Through those whispers to the ears of the heart. But as the story unfolds, young Samuel did not always know, in fact, he didn't know at all that it was the Lord. So here's a big theme. We don't always know it's God. We are hearing voices in our head. Is it the flesh? Is it the enemy? Is it our own druthers? Is it Echoes of things other people have said that are spinning around that shouldn't be there. We should have taken that thought captive in obedience to Christ and not let it get in there, especially negative things. We don't always know when the voice inside our hearts is of the Lord or not. Which leads us to the next thing. We need coaching from senior 
saints. I love how Samuel instinctively goes to his mentor, and his mentor, his discipler, uh, coaches him, especially after that third time when he says, look, I think it's the Lord calling you, so you know, listen up. Say, what, what is it, Lord? I love that. We need coaching from senior saints, my friend. I hope you have mentors in your life, people that you trust, counselors or pastors or small group leaders or parents or good friends or whatever. So important. And here's a cool thing. Uh, the scripture goes on to tell us in verse 10, the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I'm going to do a thing in Israel and both ears of everyone who hears about it, it will ring. You see, when we respond, God says more. My friend, do you do you cultivate the art and the habit of listening with the ears of your heart for the whispers of God? My friend, as you tune your ear to that frequency, that tone of voice, and you learn to spot his voice from among all the others that are screaming for our attention, and you respond to the Lord and say, speak, Lord. I, I, I hope it's you. I'm praying it's you. I want it to be you. What's on your heart? And he speaks more to you. And then you go get some coaching to kind of test all of that. My friend, you see, that's the big picture of how the Lord wants us to realize that he loves to be in conversation with us. He is a heart talker, and he loves to talk to us. Heart to heart. In fact, that's the first of three takeaways that I want to share with you about how Jesus is our heart talker. Number one, he loves to speak to us heart to heart. Now, he does that in normal times. He's willing to talk to you anytime you set aside some time to spend with him. Your daily quiet time, whether it's the morning, mid-afternoon, in the evening, anytime you just sit and you focus your heart and spirit upon him and say, Speak, Lord, I'm listening. He loves to speak to us heart to heart in normal times. He especially loves to speak to us in troubled times. You know, this COVID-19 thing has spawned so many different things. Financial uncertainty, our way of life has been totally changed. Shutdowns, social distancing, masks, working from home, schools shutting down, stores shutting down, restaurants shutting down, opening back up. I mean, the fear factor has kicked in. I mean, all kinds of things. People are in disagreement about how serious it is and what kind of protocols we should practice. I mean, can we be honest? We are living in particularly troubled times. And that's when the Lord particularly loves to speak to our hearts. You know, over the years, and I've been in ministry now, 40 years now, but I remember back uh, when I was in seminary. And, uh, you know, you feel called to the ministry, uh, maybe in your high school or college. I was in college, University of Texas, when I felt the call to ministry and ended up in seminary. And you go to seminary and you're expecting, going into it, okay, all my questions are going to be answered. Now that I'm going to seminary, 
all these Bible questions, all these theological things. They're going to train me. I'm going to know. I'm going to be a can-do kind of guy when it comes to theology and the ways of God. But I have to tell you, my first year in seminary, uh, the things that we were learning, the scriptures that we were digging into, I started getting more questions than I had answers. I was discovering that the scripture is filled with these balancing truths or caveats. On the one hand, it says this. On the other hand, it says that, like, uh, you know, go boldly into the throne room of God with prayer. Yeah, because we're, we're, you know, you should go boldly, like, we're his children, and we can bound in and jump on his lap and hug his neck. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Romans 8 says that, uh, you know, that, that we're his, his children, and he's our Abba father. So yeah, we have that familiar kind of thing with him. But on the other hand, talking about prayer, the scripture also gives us a picture in Isaiah chapter 6, where I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the angels were uh, flying around the throne saying, holy, 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 the whole earth is full of his glory. And, and the scripture says that the prophet just fell on his face in utter awe before a holy God. Is that how we're to pray? Well, yeah, that too. You see, they, they seem contradictory, but they're complementary. And there's so many complementary truths in the Scripture, but I was getting frustrated as a young seminary student, and I'll never forget, driving down the road one day saying, Lord, I, I don't get this. I mean, I thought I'd be coming into seminary and learn all this stuff and, and, and get a lot more answers. And I'm getting some answers, but I'm getting more questions. And, and, and why couldn't you make the Scripture just much easier to follow? Just say, do this. Don't do that. That I mean, you know, make it clear. Don't make us have to work for it and draw it out and principles and precepts and all this other. Just why couldn't you have made the Scripture clear with our do's and our don'ts so we could be certain that we would please you? And I'll never forget the sound of his voice in the depths of my heart at that moment driving down the road when I heard him say in spirit, Son... If I'd have written the scripture that way, I'd have nothing but a lot of little robots trying to plug in the principle, trying to obey the rule. I don't want robots. I want a relationship. I wrote them as love letters. I wrote them in many different ways so you can pour through them and take a journey through them with me and to me. Oh, my friend, he doesn't want robots. He wants a relationship. He spoke to me in that troubled time. I learned to listen for that voice when I was frustrated, angry, hurt, wounded. And it's those kinds of whispers spoken heart to heart that draw us closer into himself. But there's a third thing, or excuse me, a second thing I want to highlight as we talk about the Lord as our heart talker, not only does he love to speak to us heart to heart, but number two, he speaks to us often as we serve. As I mentioned earlier, I love how the scripture was saying that Samuel was attending to the service of the Lord before Ehi. I love how the whole context of Samuel's life is that of service unto the Lord. Now, you don't have to be in full-time vocational service to to be one who was really wanting to be considered one devoted to the Lord, sold out. In fact, those of you that are not 
in full-time vocational ministry. I call you marketplace ministers. You're out there in the marketplace, on the front lines, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, helping people hear the voice of God, helping them discern God's will for their lives. That's a marvelous thing. You're out and about. You're moving about. And the more we move about as unto the Lord to build his kingdom, the more often he tends to speak to us. Let me give you a simple illustration about this. You know, I remember years ago when the the GPSs were first coming out on phones and stuff. In fact, it was a dedicated GPS back in those days before it got to phones. But anyway, you know, you'd get in your car and you'd you'd, uh, plug in or speak in a destination and uh, and then it would give you your your verse voice instruction, you know, head west on such and such or something. Now, here's the amazing thing about that. It won't speak to you again until after you've obeyed the first instruction and you head out in the direction it tells you to go. Then as you get closer to the next choice, the next crossroads, the next turn, then it will speak again. But if you just stay parked in the driveway, and you just sit in your car, you've plugged in the destination, you've gotten the first instruction, but you don't go anywhere, it will not speak to you again. Well, you know, God is not so different, right? I mean, when we are moving, doing the things he's already called us to do, then he'll speak to us more. Third, Jesus, our heart talker, uses others to confirm his voice. He uses others to confirm his voice. The Bible says we're to test the spirits to make sure they're from God. So when we have these inner impressions, this inner ear hearing, what we believe to be the whispers or voice of God, it is a good thing to test that two ways, through the scriptures, of course, but then also to seek the confirmation of others, those mentors in our lives, those elders in our church. You know, having mentors in your life, it it doesn't even have to be formal. That's good. You know, if you have somebody that you really uh, appreciate and and respect and their walk with the Lord and they've been there so many years and they're willing to be a a mentor, an official mentor in your life, take it. Wonderful. That's rare. Go for it. But you can have informal mentors, and several of them. Just go to guys, go to gals, if you're a woman, that you can go and say, you know, may I just share something with you? I'm sensing this in the Lord. I just kind of want to get a confirmation and all. You see, we can, in our own hearts and minds, convince ourselves of stuff that it is of the Lord when it may not be. You see, anybody can build a, you know, a... a, a, a airtight case in a vacuum you know the vacuum of your own mind and heart you can you can easily build an airtight case but when you let the breath or the wind in the breath in of somebody else it won't be so airtight anymore it'll make you think a little more deeper you get to compare notes and share hearts with that person about the ways of god so important to have mentors in our personal lives and at the church level, for those of you that are pastors or leaders or elders, you know, I loved um, having elders when I was pastoring. I pastored at the local church level for about 35 years. Most of those years we had elders. And man, I loved having them uh, in 
my life, we could sit down and talk about the sticky things of the church, or in my life, I could bounce it off of them. We could seek the Lord together. And, uh, and here's how we did it back then. And this is, I'll never forget this. This was, a, this was a key moment in my heart and life way back as a young pastor in my uh, uh, mid-30s. We had the, uh, the, the first wave of our elders, and we had an opportunity to buy a piece of property. We were a church of 24 people, no land, no building when I first came. And within three years, uh, the Lord did some miraculous stuff to have a half-a-million-dollar piece of property and a half-a-million-dollar building. I mean, three years from 24 people, but it wasn't me. It was the Lord doing something special. But we had a crossroads several times in those three years to get to that final place of that miracle land and building for a small church. And here's one of the real keys to this point. One of the things the Lord put in my heart in in, uh, in building and recruiting elders and installing an elder system in our little church was that the elders needed to be unanimous on something before it went to the church family for discussion and to see if they bear witness with what we sense the Lord is saying. It's an elder-led, congregationally affirmed system. Well, we had this great opportunity to buy this property, and it was a pretty big challenge. It was a half a million dollar piece of property. It was offered to us at half that. We were only 75 or 80 people at the time. We also had to promise to build within 18 months. Pretty daunting. But I had confirmations from our state denominational leaders and our regional denominational leaders about this and about what we're doing and the progressions that we had. These guys were seasoned, but but I wanted and I needed our guys to be unanimous before we move forward. One guy wasn't. And I was, boy, for two days I struggled. Lord, what do we do? You know, I didn't account for a carnal deacon or a carnal elder. He's not in with you in the spirit. He didn't count. The other guys are unanimous. And I wanted to move forward. And he said, no, son. He spoke to my heart. Are you going to be true to what I've called you to do or not? So after a couple of days, I settled down. I went to that brother. I said, brother, we're not going to leave you behind. We will we'll say no to the land and all. And we just chat a little bit. And do you know that God changed his heart by that end of the conversation? I wasn't trying to change his heart. God did. And we moved on. God confirms things with the counsel of elders, my friend and mentors. So be listening for your heart talker because he loves to speak heart to heart. He loves to speak often as we serve, and he loves to use others to confirm his voice. Well, Lord, we're just so grateful for how you love us that much that you love to speak to us. We're so grateful. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm Mark Gonzalez. Oh, until next time, check out uh, more stuff at markpg.org and the daily spots called Whispers of God.